I'm sick of this. I'm sick of like being torn into this endless cycle of like I need this part-time job that I don't want to be at. I'm feeling miserable and nothing wrong against that. But like I just didn't want to be there anymore. And I was like, no, I got to put myself off in a deep end in order to be where I'm at. This is where you're meant to be. Like I know it. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. So this should hopefully be one of the first of many in-person podcasts that I'm able to do down here in San Antonio. I had Eli over to the house to record this one. We've been following each other. It feels like forever. It's probably been three or four years now. We first met at uh, AO2 in 2021 in Albuquerque, and I've just been following him ever since, and now he's a teammate of mine, which is really cool. He just recently quit his job to go all in on the social media content game. He's doing edits for other people he's running instagram pages and just really being a student of the game i think that's what you'll notice with him is that he's studying how to become an expert in social media so super interesting conversation i really enjoyed it we had a lot of fun and i hope you guys enjoy it too so did you do twitch and youtube like stream both at the same time or how does that work i tried youtube um i also tried messing with not streaming with youtube but like uh posting videos on youtube but i also didn't have a good laptop and that's kind of what like render or the rendering would be too long of a wait for me to have that patience (laughs) so i would post videos from like lifting or like i remember i posted one clip that was saved from twitch onto youtube and it just didn't really get any traction. So I stopped doing that. But besides that, it would be Twitch. I tried getting small clips from Twitch to post on Instagram. But also that wasn't like clicking anything too. Even TikTok like was barely starting at that time. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work out for gaming. How long did you give it? Like was there a certain amount of time that you're like, I'm going to commit to three months or... You just aren't getting any viewers, and then you're just like, ah, fuck this. Uh, I would say probably like a year at most. It wasn't until B wanted to like get me going as a coach, because she knew like I had potential, but also not potential for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you playing video games? Yeah, and she was so mad like that I was doing that instead of doing something else, which I kind of like appreciate. Because, uh, I mean, you don't want to see people that you see potential, like, just do something else that they're not good at. And uh, she put me as a coach. And uh, I tried going from there from that. And I would do good with – because I picked up on my other previous coaches, like, cues and stuff. So I would learn how to self-coach and all that. But also, like, I had to implement the new style of coaching that she wanted, you know. And that's where, like, uh, I started learning more and it became, like, a new habit. But as far as streaming dropping off then, that's whenever I got, like, too busy coaching, too busy working at Discount Tire, too busy trying to be a student, and I just stopped really gaming. (laughs) And, like, you get, like, a whole community of, like, uh, I guess the boys. (laughs) 
the boys back home, me and my friend Rob, my friend Ruben, and my friend Chris, we just all stopped playing together because our lives got busy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's, I don't know, it's like a good escape, but at the same time, obviously you're not doing anything that's advancing you. Mm -hmm. Like you can continue to play video games, but you're really not, it's like not productive. I mean, you can use it as a good escape from reality, but that's kind of what it is, just an escape. If you're playing, obviously, six hours a day, like, that's not going to be <laughs> mentally healthy for you. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, I used to, when I was in college, I used to play, um, so I played baseball in college, and then I used to play MLB The Show, and I probably played, like, literally eight years of this guy's career. Like, you, you go through the minor leagues, and then you go, you finally get called up to the major leagues, and I would just take every bat, like, literally play a 162-game season just for years, and um, totally time-wasted. I never uh, I never got into the sports games. I couldn't do the, like, career paths like that. How long did that take, like, per day? Like doing those couple bats. hours, maybe play like, yeah, I don't know, play two hours in the afternoon and then maybe a couple hours at night. Okay, that's not too bad. Cause uh, if playing like first person shooters like Warzone, like oh man, that could take a whole, a whole day and you get lost. Yeah, you get sucked in. Yeah, like cause you're just having fun, good time, and you're just trying to get that one win. And then once you get that one win, you get another win. You're like, all right, we're on a roll. And it gets to the point where it's like 2 a.m. And you're you're already losing. <laughs> and you're doing bad. And all the boys want to get off. And you're like, we can't end on that, you know? <laughs> you got to try for another game. And then you get another game. And it's good. And it kind of like revives that feeling of, all right, let me play one more. And soon you know it's like almost 3 the um so the book i just read it's called scarcity brain it's Mm -hmm. by michael easter he wrote the comfort crisis and the scarcity brain it's the he calls it the scarcity loop and it's opportunity um i think it's random rewards and then quick repeatability is like the scarcity loop so opportunity is you can play the game like it's very easy to to get the boys you're you know you're already on and then the random rewards is sometimes you win sometimes you lose you're not really sure what's going to happen and then the quick repeatability you die and then you come back to life and it's the next game and you can just keep playing that and it's everything's like that like gambling scrolling on social you know, you're never sure what the next post is you're going to see. Maybe you're going to see, you know, some titties. Maybe you're going to see <laughs> a really good lift. But you can constantly just keep scrolling, and you have the opportunity to do it really fast. And that's, like, how our brains work, Be- just because we're, you know, we get so tied in this stuff. So I think you can definitely see that in video games for sure. Mm-hmm. I like that. I never thought about that, to be honest. Because... I know, like, on social media, like, if the first five seconds, if someone can disrupt that algorithm of your brain thought, like, it's going to hook you in. So, if they do, like, a quick flicker, it's just disrupting that pattern of whatever you see, and you're like, what? what? And then it catches your attention for that first five seconds, but you have to make sure that your audience is more uh, hooked into that part. Because if they're not, then obviously you lose them. So is that something that you're looking at the first five seconds of a video? Yeah. You're really trying to do something different? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to keep them trapped in that five, first five seconds, so you start with the hook. And there's like a pretty general like outline for this. Like you do hook, your points, examples for those points, and then do a closing call to action. Uh, but if you're not relating that call to action to the hook or anything else you just said in the video, it's kind of pointless. So the main thing is to get people drawn in with that first five seconds. Yeah. Okay. So there's, did you read this in a book or is that like a a known formula? Yeah. There's multiple articles I've seen, but like I can't cite them right now because yeah, it's all good. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you want to get them hooked in the first five seconds because if not, then there's a drastic drop-off of viewer attention and you'll see like in multiple like graphs of people who just leave whatever they're watching in the first five seconds. Uh, there's a – do you know Mr. Beast? Mm-hmm. YouTube guy. Have you seen or like heard any of his like stuff that he's on? Um, No, I've just seen he usually does like the – you know, biggest pizza ever or like pay people, random people on the street, hundred bucks or something like that. That's all I've seen from him. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm going to put this away. I feel like it's too loud. Um, but, uh, he, he's so rich and like, I don't get how he still has a drive to get better each day, but his drive is to be the best like content creator. And that's why he's doing those outrageous stuff. But he also has the money for that, you know? Uh, the first thing he does is he wants to, because on YouTube it's different. You don't get that first five seconds, first five seconds to click if it's a YouTube video. You need to draw attention with the title. Obviously, all caps would probably work, but you need to make it opinionated to have someone argue against or agree with that. You know, just to see which points of you like if you can agree with or disagree with, and go from there. But mainly, you're trying to put your opinion, not your opinion, but the opinion that's most arguable as a title. And that's how he will get people to watch. And he will go back into his old videos that he's done before and alter those titles and even change the thumbnails and still get like those boosted up back in the day, which is crazy. Like He thinks about that all the time, and I'm like, I don't get, I don't get it, but like, also, like, that's his drive and his passion, so it's pretty cool. Well, a lot of the content you're doing, so I feel like weightlifting, there's not much that you can argue on or, like, be opinionated. Mm-hmm. It could be programming, I guess, is the one place. But I know, like, a, a lot of the content uh, directly, like, you're running the bare Instagram. So do you feel like you need to do outrageous stuff or, like, how do you know what's going to be successful on Instagram that way? Just because you can't make that, you like there's. I guess there's certain things that you can say programming wise that people might disagree with, but like you're not going to disagree with somebody's PR snatch. It's just like mm-hmm. that's it is what it is. So, uh, you mind if I backtrack a bit? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, one thing, like uh, I've been working with Bear for about three months now. I would say I got the followers up. It it seems on paper like more than a thousand, but also there's been plenty of unfollows. So realistically, like close to five hundred to seven hundred fifty followers, and uh, the main consistent thing that B has done before me was be consistent. 
and uh, she's posted the videos at, you know, like the PRs. You can't argue with that. There, she's showing off the community, and that's what she wanted to do the whole time, which is good. Uh, and we've also worked with so many people. Like we've worked with Barbell Stories in the past. We worked with uh, this guy named Noe Longoria. He's uh, he works out of Fit Stop. Okay. N L P H O. NL, it's his two initials, NL, and then Fovids, Photovids. Uh, he did our stuff for a bit, and then we had like six for six, like coming around and doing our stuff too. But we got so much like versatility with content, and like I picked up, I've asked Matt and Sid questions, I've asked Noe questions, I've asked uh, this new girl from uh, Corrupted Strength, Zena. She, she's new on the team. I've asked them all questions to like how to get better. And what they do and what their little tips and tricks are. Um, but the main thing I've done consistently was just post on weightlifting type stuff that I like, you know? Like, if you want to see the content that you like, post it. And uh, that's one thing I've kind of adapted from different areas of content I would like. So, you know, Dylan stuff. On Wednesdays for educational days, like I wouldn't sit down in a public gym and just like rant. I mean, he doesn't rant, but he kind of explains. But there's more to that of having a flow in an educational content video. Like for Wednesdays, we do that. For Fridays, it's like the hype video. Um, Monday, it's kind of like the free range day. That's kind of like the day that where I get to do what I want, not because. Uh, I never get to, but like the day that I get to do like a meme if I wanted. Like, I don't know if you saw that one with uh, the change plate. <laughs> like, that was like a random idea that I thought. I've always like done random stuff like back in the day. Like, have you ever messed with Vine? No, never got into that. Oh my God. I, I did some random skits back in the day. It was like a substitute teacher one, but whatever. We'll go for it. And uh, it's just the stuff that you want to see to put out there for content like for weightlifting and um, if you don't do that then like you're not going to get the right traction that you want well i think a lot of people get tied up into you do things for clicks you do things especially when it's successful you think that that's what people want to see and, and then you kind of get trapped into maybe something that you're not necessarily interested in but you know it's going to do well versus things that you enjoy doing I think that's where, I mean, anything like success is going to be the main driving force. If you, if you're doing a podcast and like certain styles of guests always get more views, you're probably going to start doing more of that instead of the stuff that you want to do in the first place, just because you know that this is going to be successful instead of like just kind of being yourself. I think it's like, it's very hard to be yourself, be original and keep going. Like you said, the consistency piece is obviously going to be the most important just because, I mean, I think people care about the, the most recent thing that you've done. So if you do something two years ago, nobody's going and looking back at that like they're seeing where you are now. So if you don't put out a podcast consistently, nobody's going to go back and listen to your old episodes. But if you're doing it consistent, you show up every Monday and then people are like, okay, you're reliable. Now I'll go back and take a look at what you've done in the past. 
but I think the consistency piece is the thing that everybody misses out on. You do the one thing that's like successful and then you're just like, oh, that worked. Do you feel, so as far as doing the, the Instagram page, is it hard to not get like so wrapped up into one individual post? Like maybe talk about a time where you did a post that you thought was going to be really well received and it wasn't. Do you ever have that? Hmm. Like just things that swing and a miss? Yeah. Uh, so let's say a few, um, like I, I know there's some general flow that I like and if I don't get the traction I want because, because I like it, then I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what do I need to do different, you know? And then, like you said earlier, like I look back to see what posts did, right? And I'm like, well, the main thing I want to do is just put out like different stuff each time. But that's not being consistent, <laughs> you know? That's inconsistency with trying new stuff but also if i'm consistent with doing the right thing then that's good but then there's this one video like i can't think of it right now but i know there were some videos that i put out recently uh, i gave people the muted track and if they didn't pick a song that i liked then i'm like oh man it kind of doesn't go right with it so then that's whenever I was like, well, I got to do something different to, to fix that. So I added an option of buying a package to uh, have me edit towards the song that they wanted. And I'd have to like kind of approve it to make sure I can like sync up cuts of clips to the beats of the song. And that's what made me more enjoyed to do that one. And obviously I would be approved that I made it like, um, Recently, um, Casey, she put, she told, told me she wanted a song, Bad Reputation from, uh, I don't know the artist. You, bad Reputation. I know the song. Bad yeah, Reputation. Yeah. And, uh, I did the, the edit to that song. At the start, I was like, that's interesting. I've never really edited to that type of beat before, but I can see what, vision or creative vision I want to do with that and I did some type of you know like doodle drawn type stuff and it worked well with it like I was very happy with that one so you know if you know the song in advance then you can select the right transitions and have the right content yeah like the right b-roll mm -hmm. I know the whole theme of it already like if I play it once in my head I'm like okay it would also be cool to know that too and uh, go into like making the footage before that too. Some days, some days I used to do that with uh, recording my own videos. It's just simple weightlifting. Like if I have a song in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get all the training videos in one clip and kind of just go off of that. But I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes it would be hit or miss. <laughs> do you ever feel like it takes away from your own training to – keep up with the social media like do you ever get you know go into the gym one day and be like i don't want to record or i don't want to do any content yeah as far as uh me training like posting my own videos or, yeah yeah uh yeah there's been uh it, it feels like extra work if that if that's a thing 
Because I have to get all the work done for everybody else first, because that's their priority. And then after that, I'm like, oh. I did record some clips of my training, and I used to like that. And I'm like, well, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> but if I do have time in the day to do that for me, then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I can do it. And I already know, like know how to spit the stuff out that I already do. So it's pretty easy for that if I don't want to do it. I guess that's a chance for you to experiment with things mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not so much pressure where you're doing it for somebody else. So if it, if you do it and then it ends up not turning out the way you want, then you're, you're kind of like, Oh, whatever. I can just scrap this. I think it's, it's kind of like looking at a weightlifting coach. You're probably, if you're thinking about switching a team, you're looking at that coach for a while, the coach that you end up going with. So you're looking at the, the content they post, you're looking at their own training and I think if you if you vibe well with them, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with them. But if you see, you know, their posting and their training's not great or they're doing stuff that maybe you don't think will benefit you, you're probably not going to go with that coach. So I think probably same thing with if you're looking for a social media manager, looking for somebody to do content, I'm going to look at your stuff first and then be like, okay, yeah, this is the vibe that I'm shooting for or this doesn't really work with what I'm trying to do. Maybe I'll try to find somebody else. So I think that's like your page to, to be creative and show off like what you have potential to do and then working with people. Cause at the same time, like I'm sure you're, you're based, like you're going off what people want themselves. You can't just be like, Oh, you know, I'm mm -hmm. the creator. You're the, you're the no. talent. I'll do it my way. Yeah. I, I try to keep it strictly their vision. Like I, I don't want to interrupt with that. I just create what they want, and then if they like it, then they like it. But, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had someone not like anything, you know? But if it's my own page, like ABCD Eli. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. There's two <laughs> underscores. Uh, and I don't know if some people get that. It follows the alphabet. <laughs> some people called me ABC Deli before. <laughs> like, what? There's, a, there's an underscore. Whatever. Uh, I can't do what I want with that, like uh, how the cuts I want, like, you know, the filmmaking. I'm lifting right now, you know. I can't record the camera and lift. Like, hey, I'm doing a selfie. <laughs> Watch me do a one-hand jerk. Uh, <laughs> but um, that page, I wouldn't really count as the success factor of what I do as social media managing or videography. I would say it would be, it would be more of the create page. That's why I'm trying to get people to collaborate with that page more so that way – it's like the portfolio speaking for itself. Uh, but also I notice like if I do send out a lot of videos at once and everybody collaborates with me, their post is not going to get that much traction because it's also my post that's getting posted multiple times in a day. So it's going to take one of those and probably shoot it out there and others will get diminished. So I'm like leaving it up for them. If they want to collaborate with me, then yeah, it's whatever. Social media is like a weird thing because I think in the beginning, it's this great place for people to be social when you're not with somebody. Like it's very good in that sense. If you're living across the country like I am, I can, you know, see what my friends from back home are up to. I can see what different gyms that I've went to in the past, how people are doing. I think it's great for that, but it's also this you know, it's this comparison platform where we're all looking at what everybody else is doing. I think it's very easy to get tied up into that. 
there's a ton of negative content out there. So I think it's very easy to get tied up in your own viewpoints and you go, you go down that rabbit hole of just constantly validating your own opinions or seeing stuff that really pisses you off. And then I think we get so tied up in how many likes we get too. like back to that comparison. It's just, you post something that you really like and you really want to show off and then it gets three or five likes and you're like, well, that was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> when really, if you didn't post it, you would think, oh yeah, I love that video. Like I, this is just something I have for me, but it, it kind of gets compared to that. So I think it's important to not be so, like it's a, it's a great tool if you use it as a tool, but it can also be a really negative thing for you mentally. Yeah. Uh, I used to be sucked into the likes. Now I'm more sucked into uh, how many views it's getting. That means everybody's watched it all, you know? Uh, I'd rather have people watch it than just like it. So it does if you count if you only watch the entire video? You know, I was just looking at a video the other day. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. And it's the guy who does, like, the content creator stuff for TikTok. And uh, he was talking about that if people actually watch it and then replay it, then they'll count it as another view. But I think it's if you watch the whole thing, it still counts as a view. And before in the past, I don't think if they rewatched it, it would count as another view. So the replays now are counting as extra views, if that makes sense. So if you have a video that people are watching five or six times, that's... If one person's watching it five times, that's five views. Yeah. So, I mean, you do see that. Like, I definitely see that in the Explore tab. People are posting videos that you kind of have to watch twice. So you'll see something that's outrageous or you'll see something that you're like, I'm not really sure what I saw. So you'll have to watch it again. Yeah. And there, a lot of people play tricks with that too on social media. Um, it's funny looking at it from the other side rather than people – Thinking that's all about likes. Like you just said, uh, uh, I look at the views and I look at the shares. I want to make shareable content. I mean, my lifting stuff is going to be shareable unless it's like a big PR. Like, whoa, look what Eli did. Uh, uh, how did when did we start following each other? It was a while back. Probably 2020. It had to be because we met in Albuquerque. And I remember because Corey was in my session and then you were there. I think you were just helping maybe load in the back. But I remember going up to you and we talked. So it had to be before then at least. And I don't know if I found you or you found me on Instagram. I can't remember what it was. But also, like you mentioned how you were looking at a coach before. Were you looking at the team or the coach? Mm, I don't remember in – in particular, but I know I had, cause I had Brittany on the podcast. So I, I was following her and yeah, I don't know if it was like a conscious effort, but I think that's just in general, like I think just because you see so many people switch nowadays between catalyst and power and grace and whatever, Cal strength, you're, you're always able to see their page and you see their lifters and it's like, they're doing st everybody's PRing, so maybe I should go to that team. But in reality, that's probably it's probably not good that you're just comparing to every single team all the time. Okay. The reason I ask that is because uh, I'm also like trying to like analyze how people look at the page. Like, 
if you're looking for a different team, like are you only looking at the coach or are you looking at the team or both? And if you look at the team, are you looking for the community? And that's one thing I'm trying to showcase like on the page. So if B is posting all the videos of the lifters hitting their lifts, like supporting them, even if their PRs are not, just, just shout them out. And if I'm like highlighting the people that need to be highlighted or the people that don't get that much love or attention, like, a, you know, it's just a way to feel inclusive. Well, I think the, there's obviously a lot of different styles of weightlifters, but there's people who are looking for success, people who just want to be successful at weightlifting, want to go to nationals, want to podium. And then there's people who do it because they enjoy doing it and they want to be around people who are like-minded. So I think there's probably both like the people who want to see the big lifts from people on the team and know that people are having success. And then there's also people who want to see, can I go here and fit in? Like, can I go here and belong? Maybe I don't care about competing at all, but I want to see that, you know, this team really looks like they care about each other and they want other people to succeed. So I think there's both. Okay. Probably at the time for me, I would say, honestly, I, like I obviously want to be successful in weightlifting. So I'm going to look for a coach who I think is going to make me successful. And then I think the, the longer that you do it, you obviously have to, I've talked about this a bunch of different times, but you have to change your view of success because if you're only thinking about how you're PRing and if your lifts are improving, you're not going to feel very successful in this sport because <laughs> there's just going to be a time when those stop or they're coming way less often than they used to. So you got to look at multiple different things. Like, are you having a good time? And I know we were talking in the gym yesterday just about how you've decreased the amount of time you're training and how that's made you see improvements at the same time. I, uh, I would say, yeah, like the, when you start off the weightlifting career, it's more of the, how can I get better, you know? But as you get better, or if you're already good, which is kind of tricky too in, in a weird situation. Like I started off pretty good. I thought I was good, you know? Uh, I was able to qualify for the Arnold, and I thought that was like nationals at the time. <laughs> And I was like, well, look, look at me, mom, you know, like I don't have to do CrossFit anymore and breathe heavy. And I did that for like two to three years before. Uh, and also I, I was the, the small guy at the gym that lifted heavy. I would like brag about that. Right. And then my first meet, I remember seeing this kid, uh, he's not a kid. He's older than me. Uh, this guy, he was in a 55 kilo, no 56 kilo weight class. Cause it was 62, 56. And his name was Miguel Garcia. He was good. And I, I don't know what happened to him lately, but he was all, always my competition in Texas, despite him being a younger class or a lighter class. Or uh, sometimes we'd bump up in my weight class and I'm just get kicked out of first place, you know? <laughs> it kind of sucked for Texas State. But I thought I was so good and I was like oh my god I gotta get better you know like I'm not that good and then I finally got to the point where I was progressing and I finally made nationals and finals and I got hurt and I was consistently trying to get better put in all the work again and then not be satisfied 
Like I, I couldn't meet my old numbers and I was like, you know what? I'm getting tired of this. I'm never going to be where I was or whatever. And then if I diminished the days and made those days intentional for whenever I come in, like I want to lift and I don't want to just get through the movements for that day, then I can enjoy that day of lifting. I can be happy. I can conversate and not worry about the little things that usually annoy me. Like sometimes like I'll, I'll let it annoy me. Like I, I don't want to hear about like, Oh, my dog took a shit on the sidewalk the other day. I had to pick it up. When I'm about to, like, do, like, sort of a heavy lift, you know? Like, and if I hear that, like, right by me, like, some of the conversations get a little offhand. I'm like, all right, I got to move myself out of that situation. And it's not like I don't like those people. It's just, like, I can't lift in those parts if I'm not trying to be in the ad space. If it's a light day, yeah, sure. Let's have a conversation. But if it's a heavier day, then I got to, like, exclude myself from that equation, I guess. Well, I mean, it's all about – I mean, you're doing weightlifting, presumably, if you're going to finals, if you're going to nationals. Like, you're doing it to be successful. Like, you don't want to – I mean, I don't think any competitor is going to say, I don't care about this. Like, I'm just doing it because I want to have fun all the time. Because it's not fun. Like, training at a certain point – to keep progressing past that level is going to be, it's not always going to be enjoyable. You're going to be doing movements that you suck at to get better. And you're going to be, you know, having days where you're going to miss just because if you're pushing that top level of the envelope, you're not always going to make lifts. That's a mistake I made recently. Like just because when, before I started with Brittany, I took like a six month break where I didn't do any weightlifting. And then for, like the first eight months of being with bear I probably missed like five snatches total. And I was, I got tied into, you know, I don't miss, I don't miss lifts ever, but really it was because I wasn't pushing. I wasn't pushing to what I was capable of doing. Like I was just in this doing weights that I was comfortable with, but that got me to nationals. But like, I don't want to go to nationals and get last place or I think I got maybe 13th out of 14th, I think was the, the total I got this year. And I mean, for the amount of training that I was doing and just ramping back up into taking a long break was, it was really good. But at the time I was also like, I need to do something different. If I'm going to get past this level, I need to take my training more seriously. I need to go up weights that maybe I don't think I'm going to be able to do. So that's been something just personally in my own training that I've just been trying to implement. I like that. I mean, it's a part of uh, we always be too hard on ourselves, like right? Like you're never going to be satisfied because you're always going to want that next thing. I remember when the first time I hit my first 200-pound snatch, I didn't have no celebration. I was like, all right, finally, you know. <laughs> Now let's go to 100, <laughs> and I haven't hit 100 yet, but uh, the reason why I mention that is because people aren't going to be disappointed at you for not meeting your own expectations, if that makes sense. But if you talk about it, I, sometimes I'll talk about it like, oh, I'm going to finals, blah, 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 and I didn't make it, and I'm like, oh, shit, I feel like I disappointed everybody, but they don't care. I mean, if they care, they should pick you back up. 
And I, I realized that I won me like a, I was trying to, I think I was trying to qualify for nationals earlier this year and I was opening up at 80 and it was because I was like having a hard time making attempts at our meets and I didn't realize that. I was like, why am I opening up at 80? Like, do I look that bad? <laughs> and it just brought my confidence down now. I didn't realize the whole plan that she had. I'm like, oh, damn. I could have probably still pushed for it. And I thought I, like, disappointed everybody for, like, my performance. But they were just like, no, man, you're good. So that that's kind of what kept me in the sport, too, is just the community that Bear has to keep you, like, up there instead of down there, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, like, everybody is there for themselves. Like, you obviously want to see people do well, but you want to do well yourself. And that's why I talked with Brittany because like the first, so I've been here for a week and a half, I think. And the first week I just like wasn't in it mentally. And I was telling Corey and I was telling Brittany, like I've always been the best one in the gym. I've always been the strongest person. So if I wasn't the strongest, it was like people who were four weight classes ahead of me. Like, but very early on, I went to Philly Barbell, and I was not even close to the strongest. I was not even close to the strongest female in there. But then once I progressed, it was just basically I was always the strongest person in the gym. So I think I had this expectation that, you know, I walk around and my shoulders are back, and I'm the guy who's always clean and jerking more than everybody else. And then when you get down here and the girls are clean and jerking what I am, and the I just saw you do 130 the other day in a complex. I had a good day. <laughs> I had a good and day. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy, he still has it. Yeah, but I think, you know, you, you start to – I think you, like, believe your own bullshit. Like, you, you think you're this person. You think I make it to the A session, so I'm an A session guy. Or you, you know, you have these expectations about yourself. And then when you get somewhere where people are better than you, it might be – it might take a little bit to adjust to be like, I'm not the guy anymore. And I mean, you need that too. Like at the same time to progress, if you're always the best person, it's like anything, how are you going to learn if you're teaching everybody else or if you're the best person? Like I think about in jujitsu, like the black belts, they teach everybody else, but they need somebody to teach them too. It's not like you just get to a certain level and then you just, you know, everybody comes to you for advice like you still need that mentor. So I think as a weightlifter, you need to go to those environments where people are much better than you and learn from them. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You thought about that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect that from you. <laughs> I don't know. You're just so like happy all the time. So I was like, damn, he's, he wants to be that tough dog. Everybody get out of here. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's dumb to even think about it that way, but it, it's just, I think it's the brain of somebody who's competitive. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, that testosterone that you build off of, it, it's so much more like a pump up to your life. Like, oh, you can have a bad mobility day, but if you feel that that you're good in front of everybody, like, hell yeah, I am good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it cocky. <laughs> I used to do that. Like, they're... We had this gang, noodle gang, we called it. Um, it was as two other girls, and it was Steph and I. It was funny. I was part of the noodle gang. <laughs> uh, that's why I have my belt, Noodle King. I don't know if you saw it. 
but like uh, I would always train with the girls and I would always try to impress them by my heavy lifts and then like you know those days when everybody comes in from out of town and we had Veto one time she out snatched me one day I'm just like "Ah, yeah I'm still here guys (laughs) you know (laughs) but like you feed off of that energy that you're the big dog I I get it now (laughs) yeah but I mean you need to I think in weightlifting especially like your ego will get checked real quick so like as soon as you go to that next level like I got to nationals this year and I mean there's people opening up 30 40 kilos more than you so it's like maybe not 30 40 maybe I'm a little bit better but like there's always gonna be that next level so I think every time you're at the you're at the level where you feel like okay I'm good I'm here you need to go to that next one so, and I think at least in weightlifting, there always is that there's always going to be people that are better than you. So, but at the same time, like we were talking about, you got to have fun too. like to maintain longevity in the sport. You have to find happiness in it. If you're always lifting angry and if you're always lifting, you know, trying to get to the next level, it should, you have to spend too long in the sport to where you're just going to get burnt out and eventually quit. If you're just always looking at, you know, how can I beat everybody else? I did notice that recently. Like, if you're not happy, then you're basically not going to do well. And that's kind of the whole point of it. Like, you do this for fun. (laughs) Aaron just said that recently this week, and I was like, oh, my God, you are right. You do this for fun. You're not getting paid for this unless you're really, really good. Uh, And that kind of stuck with me, too. So be happy guys (laughs) yeah i think it's such simple advice but it's it's seriously the truth if you're if you're going in every day and you're picking apart yourself and it's easy to do when you're watching videos of yourself and why did my foot move this way why did i not catch it tighter why did my elbow flicker if you're always looking at that i think it's you're not going to be happy long term well um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you recently quit your job and I know you made a post about being somewhere that you didn't want to be for a long time. And, you know, honestly, I've been in corporate America and doing jobs that I've hated since I got out of college. So I think it'll be good for me to hear it from you, but I, I'd love to kind of dive into you leaving your job and what that process was like. So I got a job. I'm going to have to backtrack a long time for this, okay? Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is my first job, Discount Tire. Uh, I got it because my brother worked at it before at the location that I first started at. I worked there eight months at that location. I started college, uh, community college in Corpus Christi called Delmore College. I was studying architectural technology, and I thought I couldn't handle that, so I quit. That was my first time quitting where I was like, oh, hell yeah. Let, let me try to find a job I can do on the side. But two months later, I'm like, well, shit, like I have no job still. And uh, I tried to go back to that one and they didn't let me. So I went to the one that was actually closer to my house. Uh, my second boss named Clay Lee, he hired me. I worked there from 2013 to about 2017. And uh, I got transferred to San Antonio, 
because I was using it as a part-time job, right, for to go with college, and I was going to UTSA. School wasn't going great, and I'm still at this job because I need some extra source of income, right? And I was too worried about, like, okay, this is my only way of getting money for right now. I'm just going to keep it. And then it got to the point where I was miserable. I wanted to quit. I noticed a lot of people were feeling the same way. And there was two or three people that quit before me. And I'm like, I'm such a good guy internally. And I'm like, I can't quit right now. Like, he's going to lose like so many people. So then I stay in for another year. And then I'm like, oh man, it's back in that cycle. And then I'm at this position where like school is okay. COVID happened, I think. And then uh, I just couldn't quit at the time. I got like we had a a thing. Oh no no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I actually got fired in 2020. That was the year, and I was like, oh shit. I got fired on my birthday too. For what? What'd you do? Okay, so the the boss that I moved up here for San Antonio, um, he got fired. He got fired because he had this machine. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can talk about this. If not, we can cut it out. It's called a cheetah. And uh, something wrong happened in the corporation where you can't have that in a store. It's just like a big like uh, air compressor thing where you shoot up a tire with. And uh, they interrogated everybody in the store. I stood my ground. I was like, oh, I didn't see no cheetah upstairs. And they were like, what? we didn't mention upstairs, you know. So they kind of caught me slowly right there. And they fired the boss and the, the other guy in charge. Then we got a new guy in. I heard so much things about this guy too. And uh, I was actually sick one day. I show up late. And he's like, all right, just just go home. He had like a soft voice. And uh, the next day he calls me. And he's like, yeah, uh, I talked to Carlos and... Yeah, we're going to have to terminate you. And I'm like, what? Two weeks. You don't even know me. I'm like the most veteran guy here. Like, whatever. And uh, I remember my brother called the store and was like, why'd you fire him? Like, what the heck? You don't know him? And the guy, whatever. Uh, He was cussing him out too. Later on that year, I found out that he got fired because he sucked. (laughs) So it was like the best karma. And then my old friend there that worked there, uh, he eventually went full-time and he told me that the new boss is cool so i went back a year later in 2021 because i still needed a job right (laughs) i worked with amazon before like did some like like those little deliveries and whole food stuff and i was there from 2021 until recently but that boss is probably the most healthiest boss that i needed you know he supported everything that i want to like get out of that place because he knew the situation I had before like I was stuck when people were leaving or how I had different job opportunities but I wouldn't leave unless it I got the job or whatever so and so and then recently it came to that position where I could go right I was already putting my two weeks in he let me go a little early too and then I lose two clients that time. Like, it puts me in a position to where, like, damn, dude, you got to leave, right? But also, you lost two other sources of income 
So you need to stay there again. And I'm like, no, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of like being torn into this endless cycle. Like I need this part-time job that I don't want to be at. I'm feeling miserable and nothing wrong against that. But like, I just didn't want to be there anymore. And I was like, no, I got to put myself off in a deep end in order to be where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, those two clients I lost, they were big time for me monthly. Um, now I'm like at that point where I'm like kind of building up to that level again. Uh, but I needed to leave in order to, you know, get this good at what I'm doing now. You know, And it's been helping me out. But like also it did suck at that moment because Steph, she had to pick up some slack. So uh, <clears throat> how long did it take where you're thinking about leaving? I I know, like, obviously you've had multiple times where you wanted to leave, but when you started to do the social media stuff and you felt like in a position, how long did it take you to build that up to where you could do that? And maybe before you lost those clients, but like talk about the process of, of building that side project up until where you thought you were comfortable enough to leave. I think it was back in April when I started with that client. He, uh, he hired me on. I remember I wasn't really too used to doing social media managing, but everybody would recommend me just because of the stuff I put out there. Like, there's been a lot of guys, like, I wouldn't say I got on the team, but just, like, IG homies, you know? And uh, they eventually joined the team, like Justin, Tony, Matt's friend, or Corey's friend Matt told Corey, and then Corey joined the team because of, you know, just being IG homies, but they would always refer to me as the social media guy, and uh, I took that opportunity, and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll run that page, and it got to the point where I was like getting better and better and better, and I was like, well, I don't have enough time to go get this footage, and I was like, all right, well, if I need another client, I can do that, and I got that other client, and I didn't do too well with that other client because that wasn't my industry. It was law firm. And uh, I was like, well, shoot, I didn't get him any leads like you wanted. And I didn't know how to market that as well as fitness. And uh, when it came to that point of the unexpected loss of that client, it was already time to lose the client of the law firm because I didn't get no leads. So it was like, boom, double wham. I had built up from April to there to finally leave and then all of a sudden I lose that like history I guess so it was about like probably eight months or no more than that I would say either way I was just like in that position to finally leave and everything lost and now I had to go back to being just a videographer instead of like I could still do social media managing like I know what to do but I had to go back to being like the first guy in charge not in charge but you know bottom of the ranks yeah, so instead of like using other people's content, it turned into you're going to be the one shooting the content. Yeah, I was basically doing everything still, though, in the past, like recording, posting, planning, editing, creating, a whole bunch of stuff. Damn, that's great. So when you lose that and you already had your two weeks in, was there any thought like, can I see if I can still keep that job or right away? You're like, you know what? I'm done. I I was going to go back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I told my boss, too, and he was like, yeah, dude, if you want to come back, you're cool. Like, we got to get you where you need to be. 
I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I told Steph. And then I told B. I was like, no, I'm not going back. I don't want to go back. I'm sick of that place. Like, let me suck for a bit. And then let this suck, like, make me do better. But also, the suck sucked. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything. I was like, so bummed out. And I was just lazy. I still get lazy. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm motivated each day. But if I'm not motivated to do something better that I can in each day, then, like, I need to find out what's going on, like, with me personally, you know? Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of mental health. But, like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I needed to get in that position to just leave and staff and be supported of that. And I was so happy they did because if they didn't, then I was I would have been, I would have felt guilty, you know? Like, uh, like, oh, no, he's just thinking about himself. Like, he doesn't want to work there, but I'm like, they supported that. So, B helped me get to where I'm at right now, I would say. Well, I think a lot of, I mean, any job technically that you don't want to do, you ha obviously we need to make money. So, like, it's unrealistic to think that you can just, if you have a job that you don't like, and I used to think about this all the time, like, if you if you're doing something that makes you miserable, then just stop doing it. But that's not reality. It's not. You have to like, pay everybody rent. Everybody says. That. Yeah, you have to buy groceries. All these things, like you, you have to do things that you don't want to do to afford to live. But at the same time, I think there is that. It's always going to be that safety net to where you're getting paycheck every two weeks. You have health insurance. You have all these things that we think we need, but. It's it's always so much harder, and it, it's I guess it's funny for me to say just because I haven't ever made that leap, and when opportunities have come up to where I probably could have, I was always scared to do it, you know, like I always, and I've always been taught that, like I, my mom worked for herself um, for a long time, but my dad was very much like, you need the health insurance, you need the income, you know, do the smart thing all the time. Like you got to have that safety. You got to have the backup plan. You got to have the savings, all these things. And then, I mean, seeing so many people on the team who are doing it a different way, it's kind of hard at first to, to even grasp that and like to tell your parents, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do the, the nine to five thing. So I don't know. I would love to get to that point. I just don't, I haven't found what that thing is. And like, you have to, to be, you have to be realistic. Like you need an income in the meantime to, so it took you eight months and I'm sure a long time of doing stuff on the side that didn't work out. So it's not like you just said eight months, zero to eight months, I'm going to become a social media manager. I'm going to become a content creator or whatever. It's like years of experimenting. You did the Twitch thing. It didn't work out. I'm sure at the time, maybe you thought it was going to be successful and maybe that was going to be the next career path. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just cool to hear from other people who have like found a way out of that. Like you get insulated in the, the nine to five world and everybody's fucking miserable and you just accept it. You're just like, you know what? This is life. You get your, you get your vacation days, you get your PTO and that's the time where you can enjoy yourself for 
those eight hours, you're going to be miserable, but at least you have health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I I mean, my dad, he wasn't so much like that, but my mom, I'd probably say she kept that, uh, you're not leaving until you find another job. And I never found another job. And I don't want to find another job that I don't like. Were you looking for other jobs, though, uh, along this time? Or was it always comfortable enough where? Oh, no, hell yeah. I was, um, the first one I tried. So I worked for Discount Tire for about 10 years. And it's been my only other job, I would say. Uh, well, the first job I tried to apply for, uh, I think it was like maybe a year in at Discount Tire. It was Starbucks. And I remember being new to even having a job. I was like, no, hell no. I don't. I checked or I unchecked the box of like staying late to clean. And they're like, okay, we're sorry. <laughs> it was like a whole questionnaire thing. But I'm like, oh, wow. I'm such like a, you know, like a dweeb. Like I should have said yes. And I probably could have had a Starbucks job. But also there's another position for drafting, like a computer aid drafting. That could have been good. I was really good at computer aid drafting. Like, uh, I would picked up on that stuff like real easy, but I also didn't want to take that risk of leaving to a different city because I didn't know what how it was gonna be. So then I just stayed. You know, like there's other places where I could have gone to, but I didn't trust whatever was there on the other side yet. Yeah, it's why I. Do you have any yeah, any advice for people who, you know, haven't been able to do that? So, like, in your position, you obviously got to the point where you could leave. What would you tell the person who's, like, at that job, who's comfortable, who always is thinking, I want to do something else, but I'm not sure? Like, do you have any advice for that type of person? Um... <clears throat> I would say just let life happen and make a lot of mistakes, but those mistakes eventually put me in that position. It honestly comes down to like what the cliche thing is to say like, oh, you just got to be uncomfortable, take that leap. But I'm not going to say that. It's it's more of a doing what you want to do, but making sure you got the right people with you, you know, because if you're not, ready for that and they got a whole lot of the people who aren't supporting that then it's not going to be the right motivators to keep you in mind and it's going to be you at the end who you, you die by yourself you know but if you don't have a right i guess family you know then they're not gonna you're not gonna have the right like headspace and uh i, I could have done this before but i also needed to be financially stable and if I didn't have that right, then, yeah. You, you got to experience a lot of bad things first, I would say. And I don't feel like in order to take that leap that you need to, but also, like, you just got to be a little ballsy. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, there's a lot of motivators and stuff that you can't do on your own. But you got to find out what works for you and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I mean, it's always the cliche answers that are usually going to lead to that point. Like, 
all the answers that I think we kind of internally are seeking, like all the questions that we have, like big questions, you know the answer. Like you know it's taking the leap and it's being uncomfortable, but you kind of, and I've always been the person to where I try to find the shortcut. Like I try to find the the answer. What's the optimal way? What's the optimal training? Money fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you see the and if you are into that content, you're gonna see everything. You're gonna see how to, you know, how to make fifty thousand dollars from home doing nothing, and like how you can. I think it's very easy to get into that where you you're finding what you're looking for. Like everybody on social media has the answers. If you don't like your job, we have a job for you. And if you don't like your life, we have the the program for you that you need to join. Like everybody's kind of selling you on this on this dream, but at the end of the day, you're right, it does come down to you and like how much work you're willing to put in. Mhm. Cuz if you're going to be in that hole, like you're going to feel really guilty of yourself. I've been in there multiple times. I'm still in it, I would say, <laughs> you know. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff happen to me. I've had a lot of, you know, family members pass away, but that's just, like, stuff you got to dig yourself out of. Like, you don't want to stay down there, and you don't want to be in the past. You don't want to let that, you know, the cliche <laughs> define you. Uh, but you just got to make something out of nothing each day. And if you don't, you can't just stay focused on a negative because then that's going to beat you down. What can you do better and turn that around? Like be positive all the time because if you're not, then you're just not going to be a good person to hang out with. But also check up on your homies, (laughs) you know, like a lot of people have mental health and that they struggle with like Robin Williams, you know, he seemed like the happiest guy, but he apparently wasn't. I have, um... So I, I'm reading this little book. I'll show you after we're done. It's literally like this big, but it's called The Way... A little book? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a tiny book. But um, it's called The Way to Love. It's by Anthony DeMello. But a lot of the things he talks about with happiness is that you're never going to be happy if you're seeking happiness in the future. If you can't be happy with your current situation right now, you're never going to be happy when you get the job that you want or when you get the girlfriend that you want, or enter thing that you're looking for. Like, we think that all these things are going to make us happy. Maybe you thought that doing your own thing and being a social media manager was going to make you happy. But until you can be happy with your job at Discount Tire, even when you're miserable with it, you're not going to be happy in the future. So, like, how can you go each day? Maybe I'm living in a situation that I'm not currently it's not my favorite thing to be in, but how can you find happiness in that? And then when you get the job to where you don't have to, you can leave your shitty job that you hate, you're going to be, you've already learned to be happy. So say you lose the clients and then, you know, you thought making X amount a month was going to make you happy just because it, it felt safe and secure versus if you can learn to be happy when you lose those clients not that it doesn't suck in the moment but like if you can learn to be hey i'll cut back my spending i'll stop going out for coffee well you know we're fine i have a partner who's supportive of us not eating out for a couple months and like if you can find happiness in that then you'll get the clients back or you'll get new clients like you'll get better clients who are more aligned with the things that you want to do i think 
I mean, anything's going to take time too. Like we, we're in this society where we think everything takes two business days or less, and it's not the case. Yeah, I say one thing that did help me out. Side topic is uh, ChatGPT. Do you do uh, been, captions for that there? I, I would use it, and I would also like make it teach me rather than have it do it all the time. Because if I'll let it do it all the time. It, it It's so cheesy. The, the stuff that it puts out, like, you can use it as, like, a base blueprint, but, like, uh, if you're just copy and pasting it, like, oh, I can pick up on that stuff easy. I don't even have to, like, use, like, a chat GPT finder reader. Like, I can, I can pick up on the words that it uses constantly or, like, the little emojis it does. And I know one thing, if you're directly copy and pasting, that uh, the hashtags, they're going to capitalize the words in them. So just be careful with that. Use it more of as a, like a teaching factor. So what do you learn? What do you search to learn for? Um, I remember this, the first time, the first day I learned about it, I used it constantly. Like I, I stayed up almost until 3 a.m. asking it so many questions. And it was just, it was crazy because I would use it to create a template or an outline. Like you can probably create an outline for how you want uh, the podcast to go. Like the introduction, the stuff to spit out, um, different questions, etc. I know nowadays it has uh, integrated Dolly. Have you heard of that? Gotta give it to Dude, times. I'm not <laughs> with the AI. I don't like that shit. It's scary to me. It's scary, yeah, but like the thing that limits it is at the the learning cap. So it puts it back in uh September of like twenty twenty one. And so that way it can't like constantly learn the stuff nowadays, because if it did, I'm pretty sure that that would be scary. But like it, it incorporates Dolly, which is a text to image generator. So basically you put what you want. Like, I want to see a chair that's made out of forks or whatever. And it'll put that as an image, like, in the style of realistic or a cartoon. It'll do it. Um, what I liked about Dolly, because Midjourney is like that too, but it's in Discord. Um, Dolly, you can actually, it's more smart to put text in it, in the actual image. But Midjourney, you put, like, different symbols and hieroglyphic stuff. I don't know. But Dolly's more smart. And I don't know. I, I feel like ChatGPT is good if you use it as an assistant, not as a, a crutch. So does it on. teach you? Like, can you say? You can try it right now. I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> well, you're about to ask the question. Why don't you ask it? But So, like, you can say, teach me how to edit a reel for weightlifting and it'll come up with like does it show you Lightroom I know you said you were learning Lightroom the other day no that stuff you gotta learn yourself I mean okay. like yeah so you I use YouTube for that okay. yeah if I, if I get stuck on something I'll watch a video but uh, it can tell you like a general I would say as precise you are with the prompt it's gonna give you a more precise answer so say if you said, uh, give me an Instagram script or Instagram real script for tacos, right? All right, now give me 
an Instagram real script for tacos that use a healthy recipe. And you keep on going like, oh, I want it under 500 calories. All right, I want it gluten-free. I don't know if there's a gluten-free taco. And then I want these ingredients included. I want it done under this time. Uh, I only have this equipment, like a, a microwave. How can you do that? It, it could probably adjust it. Well, like, you're going to need this and that. But, like, the more precise you are, it's going to give you a better tailored answer for what you need. Because if you're so bland, like, I, I want to see a phone that works. Or, I don't know, some some regular answer that's five words long. It's going to give you something that's worth that five words. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, they tell us to use it at work, and it's funny. Like people are so obsessed with using it, and I'm like, "Do you not realize that this is gonna take your job? Like, the more you use this, the better it's gonna become. And what are you gonna do that's gonna be better than ChatGPT? You know? What is it? What What do they want you to do at work with that? Like when we reply to clients, like we have, um, we have Grammarly, and I think Grammarly uses AI to where it fixes, obviously it fixes your grammar mistakes, but sometimes it'll give you, it, it'll it just say, instead of like the red lines, like you spelled something wrong, it'll be like, this is a better way to say that. And I mean, you can use that all the time. And like, they, they want you to copy and paste more stuff to tell people. And I'm just like, do you not understand that this thing is just going to keep getting better? And then eventually it's going to, input everything that you have to say so i don't know i'm just not a i'm not into it not into that's interesting though that they want you to use it to do your own job but i think people don't really see the big picture and it's like you're using this as a tool now but the tool is going to start using you in the future (laughs) you know like we'll we'll have half the staff because we'll only have to correct its mistakes not it correct our mistakes yeah, that's true. But I, I think it's cool, too, that they also want you to use it. But like, you can be so lazy with that, dude. Like, uh, if you – like, your job description, if you got the whole thing right, like, in another form, if you copy and paste that and then put it into a new chat and say, this is my job, these are my responsibilities, this is my description, blah, 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 this is what I'm supposed to do, and say, all right, now you're going to role play as me, Right? And you gave it all the information from the company that you work for, like, whatever. And it's role-playing as you. And then you're going to reply to everybody as me and then give them different opportunities to talk. So if there is a message or comment that they said, you copy and paste that in there. And then they'll reply as you to send it back. But also, if you want to be more precise and be like, all right, well, I talk this way. I'm from Texas. I say y'all a lot. It's going to say some stuff like that in its replies. It's it's crazy. I don't know if you've seen South Park whenever they made fun of it. They did a whole like five-minute script of South Park at the end, and it was so funny. Damn. that See, that stuff scares me. But I mean, what I've noticed like from the – I'm big into like I love the conspiracy theories. I love listening to stuff about that. I used to get into really into politics, but it's funny like the people who operate at a high level, they're not concerning themselves with like bullshit all day. Like people don't have time to look at conspiracy theories. Like the people who have businesses, the people who are 
doing jobs like they don't it's it's almost like an escape from reality just because your reality sucks so you're like i gotta find an excuse for why i'm being oppressed or for why you know things are working against me when in reality the people who operate well they don't have time for that shit they're just like you know what if my phone's gonna track my location whatever like i'm I'm not gonna be the person who you know starts disabling my location everywhere like yeah, I think it's just like that way. You have the tape on your phone? Uh, not not currently, but I usually do. <laughs> Especially my work computer. I don't want them looking at me. <laughs> I was like, there's one thing I know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like, it, it, at the end of the day, you got to – everything is like a healthy balance. You got you to gotta take care of your own stuff first. Like, I think you can get so wrapped up in all that stuff. The only conspiracy theories I would probably look at is just Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> like, what what is it going to be about the next movie? <laughs> That's funny. So um, what do you have coming up as far as, as tr- trying to build your create page and what direction do you see that going? Are you only looking for weightlifting content in the future or are you trying to do other stuff as well? I want to do other stuff, like... I only do weightlifting right now because it's easier to capture that because I already know the movements. But I would like to do other stuff. I, I wouldn't probably go into the weighing space because I know that would be a lo- whole lot more equipment I would have to buy. I don't want to do that. But I've been seeing a lot of people. It's just the drug dealers next door. It's drug dealers next door. <laughs> um is like uh, people that film. What are you talking about? I think everything's all good. I think we should be <laughs> alright. Alright. Uh, the people that film like the the fancy cars, they do like they use gimbals and they just go like this, and they go into the editing and they track it on something. It, I'll have to show you a clip of it later, but I'd probably like want to record some cars. That football, that would be cool. Um. Not houses, because uh, that I would also need. I I probably need to get a gimbal again, but like the way you would have to move for the house, ah. Eh, I'm saying now, but I'm like it's easy. I can do that. So I don't just do it. just different things in general. You don't want to tie yourself down to like I only film weightlifting or I only film cars. Yeah, anything I want to create, I want to do it. Like God. I want to keep on pushing myself rather than doing something I'm comfortable with because then, you know, and it becomes in that loop of something else that I like doing, but I don't want to stay in that industry, if that makes sense. So what do you do to, like, as far as downtime goes, especially if you're managing different social media pages, if you're making content, what do you do? to where you're not doing that at all? Like, what keeps you off Instagram? What are you doing at night? Kind of hanging out just when... I'm hanging out with Steph. Like, anytime, anytime I get to hang out with her, then I'm hanging out with her. But now that I got me a new laptop, and it can handle my edits, and it's also a gaming laptop, <laughs> I'm probably going to go so back. So you're back to gaming. <laughs> this was all just an escape that you could leave your job and you could start gaming again. No, not at all. <clears throat> it, it well like uh it was funny that I got that laptop and it ended up being great to handle games and I'm like, Well I already know 
a lot more stuff than I did before. And also, like, if I wanted to, like, stream, I could. I already know how to do that. But also, I'm not going to do that because it's just going to take too much time away from me. <laughs> so I got to prioritize whenever I get my work done. Make sure I hang out with Steph. And, uh, yeah, play games, like, late night if I want to, like, for, like, two hours probably. That's it. Yeah. You can't, I have to cap it off there. Or else it becomes, like, a whole day of just... Yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't want to do that again. And I like TikTok, but it's just to decompress the mind, which is pretty fun. This <laughs> back on social media. Yeah. See, I can't do that. I, I, I'm i great off work hours. Like, I can get off Instagram real quick. But when I'm working, just because my job's a waste of time, I'm just on Instagram way too much, and I get sucked in. Yeah. What else can we do? <laughs> yeah. We, we already work out on the side, so that's healthy. We watch movie or TVs, but it's another digital way. Like, I would like to go walking again with Billy, our dog, now that the weather's good. We were walking when it was, like, 100 degrees outside, dude. And at night, it would still be, like, 90. So now that it feels good, I think we should do that again. Yeah. Yeah, we. I thought, like just being down here walking our dog we can't do it in the summer like it's just not fair to him he's at dogtopia right now he's a doggy daycare, daycare. Oh. yeah so he goes to daycare he hangs out a couple days a week what's his name, what's his name? curtis curtis is it the only one yeah okay we were talking about um what it would look like to get two and it's just one is so much work but i don't know if two would be less work just because they'll entertain each other but to be moving as much as we have, it's just right now it's unrealistic. But I don't know. The whole hassle, dude. Yeah, especially I don't think we would get another golden doodle just because he's already so high energy. So, like, having two of them, I don't know if we could do it. But, yeah. I mean, we just – we literally chill. Um, in Colorado, there was so much hiking to do. So, like, any time that – Anytime we were off work, we were doing hiking. We were just going to new spots. and I mean, that's what Dana wanted me to ask you on the podcast was, what can we do in San Antonio that's fun? <laughs> just because we, ha- yeah, we haven't <laughs> found anything. So you've grown up in San Antonio? No, I grew up in Corpus Christi. It's two hours away from okay. here, uh, that Gulf Coast. And that is a smaller city than this city. And I moved here in 2017. Uh, I would say I'm not the outdoorsy guy over here, but the Pearl, y'all been there. Botanical Gardens, y'all check that out. I just recently checked that out. I've been here for so long. And the time I first went there was to do that photo shoot this year. I was like, so there's a lot of stuff I haven't done here in San Antonio, but like I've know about, known about. Have y'all been to like uh, Bernie? I think y'all like that. There's some old history there, I guess. Um, and then it's like, I don't know if it's like more towards comfort, but it looks like a, like sort of like canyon, canyon-y over there. And I think you can find a hike over there. Uh, that's probably like 30 minutes away. 
not too sure what else. I mean, y'all have done all this stuff in San Antonio. It's, it's not really an exciting city, I would say. The Riverwalk, have y'all walked yeah, that? Yeah, we did that. The whole thing? Like, I've been to parts. We haven't it. done the, the whole walk. We just we took our dog there, and it was the first day we were here, so we were probably there for, like, 15 minutes because he was, he was just getting too excited. Okay, well, there's, like, multiple parts of the Riverwalk, and uh, I remember experiencing some of the parts but not as a whole thing together. Did you go to the one by uh, the Pearl? No, no. We just went to like the main one with the shops. That was okay. downtown. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the other side, I would say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like we're here to train. We're here to train up Bear for a while, and then, um, I mean, we were already talking about going back to Colorado. Colorado is amazing. Yeah, I would. I would. I'll probably stay there. Uh, <laughs> You're really selling San Antonio. <laughs> uh. What, okay, so what about there's this place called SX Modern City? It's like a oh outdoor art exhibit type of thing. Okay. Um, I don't know if y'all. I mean, you don't. <laughs> Wonder Chamber and uh, Let's Hopscotch. Those are like interactive art spaces that you can go in there and take pictures. But you don't. <laughs> uh, what is? It? There's another one. I just had it on my mind. Mm. There it goes. Yeah, I mean that's it. There's not much to do in San Antonio. We're at a good gym, so it's all we can ask for right now. Um, as far as with the social media, like, what are you doing directly coming up? Are you going to be at AO Finals? Are you going to be at Texas State? Um, and how can people go about if they want to work with you? How can they do that? So right now, fixing my Wi-Fi. So after this, that's why I brought that so I can get back to work. That's going to be fixed by Friday, but the plan is to get a website going for a landing page for Texas State since I, th I would say finals is too late to make that. Uh, right now, I'm just taking like word of mouth or if I'm reaching out to people for finals. Um, there's three packages I offer. Uh, $90 would be... Do, do I say this? Yeah, sure. Uh, $90 would be the hype reel, which is basically now condensed down to 45 seconds to a minute long. It's going to be muted, so you're going to pick the audio. Uh, you get your six lifts recorded. The second one, which is $120, it's the hype reel that's edited to a song of choice, but I have to approve only because if it's too slow and like, you know, like I just have to make sure it flows right. And you also get the six lifts as well. The one that's $150 is uh, you get basically the middle one that's edited to the song of choice. And you get about 25 photos at most. Okay. And like we talked about, you're going to do transitions and stuff. And you, you kind of get to play with the video when you know what it's going to be like. Yeah, there's more fun to have editing and there's more it's going to be a better outcome because if i don't know what i'm editing to like i'm not saying it's going to be bad it's just whatever song you pick might not go with that mm -hmm. you know and that's if you want to edit so it's like kind of worth paying me the extra hour of editing yeah to get that that's awesome man though i'm really happy for for you being able to do this and just kind of traveling around I'm, I'm excited and you did that real for me just last minute when I came down to do the meet and I told you after 
it just captured those moments that I didn't really even remember. I didn't see you recording much, especially like when you're warming up and stuff, you're concerned about the meat. So you're just in the corner capturing stuff. And then I went and looked back and I was like, wow, this made me really happy. Just seeing the moments that I didn't even, didn't even think about during the meet. So it was cool to, to have that, to look back on. That's, that's cool. I like to hear that. I really do. <laughs> Makes it worth it. You know? Awesome, man. Well, uh, where can people find the page? I, I know you're doing a couple different, uh, social media things, but where can people follow you just to find you? Uh, so my personal account, if you want to follow that, I mean, that's mainly just going to be a training vlog or anything with staff or personal stuff. That's going to be at ABCD and it's going to be two underscores and then Eli, uh, the create page. It's a lot of messing around with this one. So it's at underscore C R period E A period T E underscore the reason why i had to put the underscores is because create wasn't available create with the two dots wasn't available so i had to break it up more but the reason the two dots are there in between create is to separate the separate my initials e and a so it makes it more like worth it i guess to have that as my own thing nice Nice. That's awesome, man. Well, I got to pee so bad, so we got to get out of here. But thanks for coming on. This was awesome, man.